one of the things that I love, uh, and I, I'm sure you've noticed this as well, is that we as human beings, we tend to, we tend to be drawn to stories. Um, I, I think I'd go so far as to say we're addicts of stories. Um, someone tells us about, our, asks us how our day was, and we tell them a story, this funny thing that happened to me today, uh, something that happened to me on the way to work. Um, the news is often framed in terms of stories. So it's not just about what's the result in the Premier League. It's about, you know, the great story of victory over the enemy or, or whatever it might be. Um, the, the, the news stories that pretend to be particularly juicy are the ones that often grab our attention. What really happened at that party at number 10? Um, Djokovic, are they going to let him into Australia? Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Um, and, and so we get, we get caught up in these stories that give us an account of what's happening in our world. Um, and then we also love stories that allow us to escape what's happening in our world, um, allow us to run away from what's happening in our own lives. What is Netflix, if not a long list of stories that we can run away into, whether it's a story of a, a comedy or a romance or, or an action film or whatever it might be. So we love stories. And uh, Jesus is just the same in that he also loves a good story. And his stories were not so much um, an, an account of what was happening at a particular moment. And they weren't really stories that were about escaping reality. His stories were different. His stories were about explaining reality. They were these really, many of them, very short stories. But they were ways of explaining the world to us and how it works. And um, I don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences where you've been to a 3D cinema but if you have, you'll know that on the way in, they give you some lenses, um, some glasses to wear. And if you sit there without them on, then the, the picture's just all really blurry. But when you put these lenses on, suddenly it's like the picture pops out of the, the screen at you. And you see it as it's meant to be seen. Well, in the same way, Jesus' stories can be a little like those lenses. It's like when we put them on and we view the world through them, they help us make sense of what we see around us. So I'm going to read you one of his stories. As I say, um, they're very short. And this one is found in Luke chapter 15. I'm going to read from verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering round to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable, this story. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. So it's a simple story. It's a story of a shepherd who has 100 sheep. He loses one of those sheep. He goes to find it, and he does, and then he throws a party. That's the story. Um, my question, off the back of what I've just said, would be, how does that help us understand the world? And it, when we look at it through lenses, it helps us understand the world in, in a number of ways. First of all, where are we in the story? We are the lost sheep. And what it's saying, uh, and this is true of those of us who, who don't know Jesus, but it's true of those of us who do follow Jesus as well, we can also prone, we are prone to wander. It's saying that when we wander away from God, we find ourselves in a place where we are lost. We're like these little lost sheep. And um, for some of us, it may well be that we're here this morning and we're prepared to admit to the truth of that. Yes, I am lost. But for many of us, I imagine we don't want to admit that. Um, you, you, you know, we're a bit like, 
me when I'm driving with my wife in the car and uh, there, there are occasions where she turns to me and says, Andy, um, are we lost? Do we need to put Google Maps on? And I say, no, I know exactly where we are. When in fact, I have no idea where we are. Um, uh, but I'm just going to drive and I'm going to hope that sooner or later I come across a landmark that will tell me where I am and that'll be, that'll be it. So I'll just plow on. I hate to admit it. And the reason I don't like admitting that I got myself lost is in my case, because I'm proud. Um, I don't want to admit that. And this idea of us being in the story, but we're a little lost sheep, isn't an idea that jumps off the page and th- you know, strikes us as brilliant. That's a great description of my life. If Jesus was telling me a story about a strong and an independent lion who knew what he was about, that I would like to relate to. But a little lost sheep um, who's, who's, who's found itself stuck, I don't want to connect with that. And, uh, and particularly, I, there's something in me that doesn't like that because I think deep down I see some of the implications of it. Um, one of the implications is if that you are a sheep who's got yourself lost, you cannot find yourself. You, there's nothing you can do if you're that little sheep to get yourself found. You're in real trouble. And uh, it implies to us that when we are in this position of lostness, we're in such lostness that we cannot work our way out of it, no matter how hard we try. Um, and we do try hard. All of us do, don't we, to find ourselves. We're all on a journey trying to find ourselves. And there's all sorts of ways that we go about trying to do that. Here's way number one in our culture to find yourself. Top of the list of techniques. Here's how you find yourself. Be yourself. Just be, be yourself. You be you. You do you. No one else can do you. You do you. Have you heard that? Um, we say that to each other all the time. And there's some, there's some helpful stuff in that. But actually, have you ever tried it? I have. And I don't know about you, but I find it confusing just trying to be me, just trying to be myself. One of the reasons I find it confusing is because there are some things about myself that I like, but there's also a whole load of other things about myself that I don't like. And, um, you know, I I like parts of me, but there are parts of me that are selfish. Parts of me that I see where there's anger issues. Parts of me that I see there's jealousy or there's envy or there's insecurity. I don't like those things about myself. So you're telling me to be myself is confusing for me. And sometimes what we do is if if being ourselves doesn't work, we try and attach ourselves to certain things that we hope will define us, whether that is money, um, maybe it's career success, maybe it's popularity or it's beauty or it's it's fame, it's becoming the latest influencer, whatever it is, we, we try desperately to find these things that will help us define who we are. And as we do so, we ignore all the evidence that's given to us day after day and week after week in what we see on the telly and on our phones, which is that the people who are famous and successful and beautiful, in what are, the people who are up there in the world's eyes, they seem to be just as messed up as the rest of us. But we try nevertheless. And what Jesus is saying, actually, um, when I take an honest look at the world and I take an honest look in the mirror, it does make sense to me that we are, in a way, lost. And that no matter how hard we try, we cannot find ourselves. But the story doesn't stop there um, because he goes on to talk about the shepherd and religion, um, before I became a Christian, looking at it from the outside, I always thought of it as this is about us trying to find God. You know, religion is about people looking for God, trying to find God. But Christianity and the story it tells is so different from that. And to understand it, we need to switch our way of thinking. It always reminds me of um, when I was dating my wife, Beth, um, who was just leading worship a moment ago. 
Uh, the two of us started going out when we were at different universities. And there was one occasion when I went over to visit her at her university. And we were walking along, and it was winter time, and it was cold, and she um, didn't have a coat. So she said, I'm freezing, and I was wearing a hoodie. Um, and uh, so I said to her, oh, you can, you can borrow my hoodie if you want. It will keep you warm. And so she wore my hoodie for a little while and then gave it back to me. And uh, I just, you know, before I went back to where I was studying, I shoved it in a bag and, and, you know, got home. And when I got back to my room at university, I just put it in a wardrobe and thought nothing else of it. And then um, a couple of weeks later, I, um, I pulled this hoodie out and I pulled it on and it really smelt in a good way of Beth, right? It really smelled of Beth. And I was like, whoa, when I pulled it on, that's like, whoa, that is intense. And I thought, this is crazy. This is like two weeks ago when she was wearing the hoodie. How can it smell so strongly of her now? And I remember ringing her and saying, you know, this hoodie really smells of you. And she's like, oh, oh okay, does it? And then um, I was walking around university, literally sniffing my hood for about two or three days, just loving the smell. Um, and uh, if you'd asked me when we were dating, how's it going, Andy? I would have said something like, it's going great. I'm doing all the things I'm meant to do. You know, I'm, I'm taking her out. I'm treating her. I'm texting her nice things. I'm buying her nice presents. I am really working it, whatever that is. I'm, I'm really doing all the hard yards. I'm chasing her down. I'm pursuing her. And I think, it's, I think I'm going to pull it off, right? And that's how I would have answered the question, how's it going, Andy? Anyway, after about six months, um, with Beth and I have been going for, for quite a while. We got quite serious. And she confessed to me one night that what had happened is, before she'd given me my hoodie back, she had taken her perfume and literally poured half a bottle of perfume <laughs> over this hoodie and then gave it back to me. And what always cracks me up when I think about it is that then I rang her and I said, this really smells of you. And she was like, oh, does it? Oh, oh, fancy that, right? If you'd asked me at the time, how's it going, Andy? I said, yeah, 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 I'm totally, I'm, you know, I'm doing all the right things. I'm pursuing it. That's how it's going. Now I see with new eyes. Now I see that I was like this innocent little fly buzzing along. And she was like this spider spinning her webs. And she caught me. I thought I was chasing her, but it was completely the other way around. And what, um, what we can think when we think about God... And we can think about religion as, ah, oh, humanity's search for God. We've got to find him. We've got to track him down. It's, it's, we can think it's all about us pursuing him. But the message and the story of Christianity is it's not that. It's that he came for us. He came pursuing us. And so Jesus gives us this picture of a shepherd. And it, the, the, the idea is the shepherd represents to us God. And he says he loses one of his sheep. And he doesn't be like, wow, that's collateral damage. He goes looking for the sheep. And, he, and, and there's a sense of determination that is in the shepherd. He'll climb to the top of the mountain. He'll go down into the valley. He'll, he'll listen carefully. Is that him? He'll go in that dark cave. He will look everywhere he can to find it. He's relentlessly pursuing the sheep. And the message is that God has come to find us. Christianity is not our looking for him. It's the understanding that he's come looking for us. And although Jesus is telling a story to paint as a picture, the reality is God does it by becoming Jesus Christ. He decides, I'm, gonna, I'm so determined, I love them so much that I will go to such lengths to find them, even if it means my death on the cross, which it did mean that. So he pursues us. And then uh, I think about this, and the next question that comes to my mind is, why? Why would he do that for me? And... Um, we get the answer in the story. Jesus says when he finds him, he puts him on his shoulders, the sheep, joyfully. 
Because, here's the answer, because we are his joy. And I don't know if you um, remember one of the news stories that was, that was doing the rounds towards the end of last year was a story um, of a little girl called Cleo Smith who went um, missing. This was in Western Australia. It was about November time of last year. And her parents, she was four years old, her parents um, went on a camping holiday, woke up the next morning and the tent was open and their little girl wasn't there. It's every parent's worst nightmare. And um, I think we can all connect with it whether we're parents or not. And it, it triggered this massive hunt for her. And the hunt went on for 18 days. They couldn't find her for 18 days. And in this case, it was a really good ending because the police got a tip off and they, they, they raided a house and they found her. And uh, there's all this footage that was on the news when the policeman carried her out of the house and she was, you know, she was well. Um, and uh, they, they reunited her with her parents. And um, there's a photo, I'll just show you a little photo of her that the police took. Hopefully it's going to come up. Um, there she is, looking happy and beautiful and with a nice pop. Um, but just imagine how terrified you would be to lose your child and all the worst things that would go through your head. And imagine it going on for 18 days that would feel like 18 years. And then suddenly you find that she's well and that she's okay. Imagine the joy of a parent being her parents being reunited with her in that moment. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying the way that God feels is like that parent and that child. That's how he feels about us. That's the message of Christianity. Jesus is talking about sheep and shepherds, but the much bigger picture story of the Bible is that God is like a father looking for a child. And something might rise up in us and say, Maybe this doesn't happen to you, but for me it does. How can he feel that way about me? Um, it's hard to absorb that kind of a love from God, especially when I thought he was cross, especially when I thought he was a distant headmaster. How can he feel that way about me? And so I finished just with one final story. It's a friend of ours um, called Ants, and he has a little girl. And he says her favorite toy is this china doll. It's a bit weird for a little girl to be into a china doll. It's like a porcelain doll. Um, and they would keep it on the mantelpiece just to keep it safe. And then every, you know, every day they would get it down for the mantelpiece and she could play with it for a little bit. And then they'd put it back on the mantelpiece. And um, Ant said there was one particular day when the two of them were having a pillow fight. And uh, the pillow fight got a little bit out of hand. And Ant said he pulled back his pillow so he could give his little girl a proper whack. Right? And he pulled it right back. And as he pulled the pillow back, he accidentally knocked this porcelain doll that was, that was on the mantelpiece. And he said it started to shake. And when it did, it was like the, the, all, everything went into slow motion. And the doll sort of fell off the mantelpiece. And the two of them just went, no, as they tried to save the doll. But they didn't manage to catch it. And so the doll just went smash. And it broke into loads of pieces on the ground. And then, of course, his girl starts crying and crying. And she said, you know, you broke my doll, you broke my doll. And Anne's felt terrible. So he just said to her, I'm so sorry. Daddy's got a credit card. I'll buy you another one, right? And she said, I don't want another one. And she points at this broken, broken pieces. And she said, I want that one. So he, uh, so he got the super glue out. And he spent a couple of hours just trying to glue this doll back together. And he said that when he'd finished, it didn't look quite right. There were all the right pieces in all the wrong places. Um, and it just looked a bit weird. But he brought the doll back in and he said, here she is. I'm so sorry. I'll buy you another one. And she, his little girl said to him again, I don't want another one. 
I want that one. And he said to her, but darling, this one's broken. And then this little girl said to him, just because she's broken doesn't mean I can't love her. Here's the message of Jesus Christ. We are broken. We are lost. But that doesn't mean he doesn't love us. And in fact, he comes to find us. And we're going to celebrate these baptisms now. And what we're celebrating, let's be clear, is that we're told there's a party going on in heaven. So we're joining in with that party. And what we're celebrating is not just that these, our friends, have found God, but that he came to find them first. We're rejoicing and celebrating a God who already rejoices and celebrates over us. We're giving thanks to a God who came to find us. And uh, we're loving a God who loved us first. This is what he's like.